this is Stacey Hillier and you are listening to the Prophetic Collective Podcast. Well, welcome to Season 3 of the Prophetic Collective Podcast. I have with me today a very, very special guest, my friend, my senior pastor, revivalist, author, (laughs) podcaster, athlete. Yes, that's important. Yeah, that is very important. (laughs) Competitive (laughs) to the max and I love it. My friend, Pastor Corey Turner, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Stacey. It's an honour to be a part of your amazing podcast. I love it. It's been a while. It has been. So it's good to have you back. Yep. And I want to thank you for joining me. I couldn't think of a better way really to kick off episode one of a brand new season. It is my third year Amazing. Doing the podcast. And we didn't get to chat last year. So I was like, let's bring it back. Yep. Yeah, let's do it. Very exciting. So we are currently in a wonderful God-breathed season at Numa Church. And so before we get into this focus of a new collection I'm doing for about five or six weeks, and I intro that, I want to start there. And it all began one beautiful Sunday (laughs) that we call Super Bowl Sunday, August 28. Share from your perspective, what's the Lord doing right now? It's been a totally epic season, Stacey, and such a privilege to journey with you and all of our team and yeah. family in this. Mm. It, it really, I think, began with a hunger and an appetite for Jesus and, and the presence of the Holy Spirit coming out of COVID and into 2022, where we began to really posture our hearts in prayer. And we just saw over the course of 2022 this momentum build this groundswell of momentum of hunger for god Mm -hmm. that really culminated in revival conference where we saw the fear of man broken off of people we saw people coming into a place of liberty and freedom that i'd never seen before and then on august 28th at midday as the services were unrolling here at our city location, I went out uh, briefly out of the service. And as I'm walking down the side tunnel to come back into the service, I prayed a simple prayer. Mm-hmm. Lord, will you father me mm-hmm. at a deeper level? The father heart of God and our understanding and embracing of that is so dear to us at yeah. Numa and yeah. is so critical for every believer to understand mm-hmm. if they're going to have a healthy identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. But for me, I was just stirred and inspired as I heard the story of Ben Fitzgerald and his journey with with our Heavenly Father and all that was happening there to pray that prayer out of a genuine desire for God to go deeper. And so I'm walking and I'd walk no uh, further than 10 metres and the Holy (laughs) Spirit said to me, are you serious Mm. about that prayer? And I said, yes, I am. Five minutes later, the only way I can describe it is... I got blasted with a Holy Spirit <laughs> cannon and and that, to cut a long story short, just resulted in not only me having that encounter, but as I came into a place of the deepest repentance and, uh, and, and intimacy with Jesus, I would probably say that encounter is mm. the greatest encounter I've ever had in my life because then it translated corporately. Yeah. And so for 12 hours from that point, our entire church was immersed in a wave in the spirit of revival. And never had we seen such mass deliverance, Mm -hmm. repentance, baptism in the spirit and healings. Mm -hmm. Uh, Out of that encounter, I had a 80-minute prophetic word where I was like reading off a (laughs) teleprompter, Mm -hmm. God's revelation to the church and to Numa and to us as a team, to me, Mm -hmm. and I had to be held up as I was communicating this. It was a glorious moment. And then from that day to now, we've seen hundreds of healings and miracles. We've seen cancer patients healed. We've seen confirmed with scans. We've seen blind eyes open, deaf ears open medical equipment left at the altar and the testimony of people's lives and the miracles that have taken place, the thousands of people that have now come to our revival services, the pastors and leaders that have flown in and been a part and are now taking back to their cities and nations what's happening here. It can only be God. None of us are that clever, but 
we're only at the beginning. Yeah. And so I think what the Lord is doing and what he is about to do with this is well beyond Numa. We're only a small slice of what it is that God's doing, but it is a privilege to steward and it's an honour to be a part of. It's so true. We are living in the fulfilment of prayers we've prayed. Yep. Really probably for our whole lives and prayers our parents have prayed, prayers generations in this church have prayed before us. Yeah. We are so blessed to be alive at this time. I know, Corey, that we talk about this quite a lot with some of our other prophets in the house here, but at the commencement of 2023, there were so many prophetic words released. Just social media sometimes can be yeah. overwhelming. Yep. And part of, I guess, you know, what I feel is part of our role is sorting through some of those as yep. fivefold people and helping people go, well, how do I get through the white noise and discern some of the themes? And yep. there was a particular prophetic word that was released by Prophet Jeremiah Johnson where I saw it this holy fear of the Lord came upon me. I'm like, that's a pretty good sign that this might be one to lean into. And so I really wanted to start this season by looking at that prophetic word. There's several themes within it. And we've actually linked in the show notes where you can see the delivery of this prophetic word. I also just wanted to announce today that we did actually contact Jeremiah Johnson of the Alter Global Ministries. And they have given us express written permission to use this prophetic word and to discuss it. And I just want to thank them for that because yeah. it is important with prophetic words that we process them, yep. we talk about them, how we can apply them, how we can war with them, how we can pray. And so what we're going to do right now before I ask you some questions about this is we're going to listen to an audio clip of this prophetic word. I do want to state here that this is the prophecy of Jeremiah Johnson, but not his voice. So let's have a listen. 2023, The Clash at the Gates by Jeremiah Johnson. The religious spirit. On the first night of Rosh Hashanah, which is the first day of 2023 in the Hebrew calendar in September, I had a series of prophetic dreams that shook me to the core and woke me up at 3.33 a.m. In the first dream, I was taken to the city gates of many cities and towns all over the world. There was a great war raging between the spirit of religion and the Holy Spirit. The two primary scriptures God gave me for 2023 is Matthew 23 and Acts 23. In Matthew 23, Jesus pronounces eight woes as he begins to confront and rebuke the Pharisees and religious leaders for their hypocrisy. I sense very strongly that there is a divine confrontation coming to the global church concerning religious leaders and the people in cities who operate in and facilitate religious performance, drama, games, and acting. In Acts 23, Paul is testifying before the high priest and religious council concerning his belief in the resurrection. He is struck in the face and then a plot develops to kill him. He is rescued by a Roman commander and then heads to Rome to wait for his trial. The Holy Spirit was very clear to me that in 2023, many Christians who love revival and awakening are going to be attacked and put on trial by religious leaders, friends and family members like never before. God said to me that there is going to be the greatest separation in the global church that we have ever seen in history between those who want to pursue revival and the more of God and those who love going through religious motions, yet their hearts are far from the Lord. Hypocrisy is a key word for 2023. The Revival Spirit In the second dream, the Holy Spirit said to me, The primary war in 2023 is over the spiritual temperature and atmosphere in cities and regions. For where my people pursue me with great intensity and fervor, they will become like Goshen, inheriting my fire and favor. But where they grow lukewarm and religious, they will become like Egypt, groaning underneath the weight of religious slavery and demonic torment. Many times, the only way you will be able to tell whether people want religion or revival will be through divine interruption. Will my people keep pressing into my glory even when the service is over? Will they grow uncomfortable when I demonstrate my kingdom in their midst, or will they seek to participate and cry out for more? The ministry of the Holy Spirit is the number one enemy of religious traditions of men. It brings spontaneity, fresh vision, 
and unpredictability to church services, which makes church leaders and saints who operate in a religious spirit very uncomfortable. When worship leaders stop singing the words on screen and sing a spontaneous song to the Lord, religious traditions are challenged. When men and women of God preach under a strong prophetic anointing that challenges structures and systems, religious traditions become very upset. When saints prepare to participate at corporate gatherings rather than be entertained, religious traditions become afraid. God continued, There is a call to the wall in 2023. I am gathering my people who will partner with me in great prayer and fasting for their cities and regions. You must lift up your eyes beyond the needs of the local assembly and recognize that I am bringing unity and agreement among many churches and ministries in geographic locations for such a time as this. Where the spirit of revival is burning, you will see partnerships and alignments among many, but where the spirit of religion is dwelling, you will see a great division and spiritual darkness increase in the land. New Wineskins In the midst of this great confrontation between the spirit of religion and the Holy Spirit at the gates of so many cities around the world, God began to show me the birthing of new wineskins for a new era of the church. Apostolic hubs and new expressions of the church are going to burst forth in 2023. They will establish a massive shift away from what many have chased after for decades and establish a realm of health and wholeness to Christianity that many have never experienced before. These gatherings of believers will emphasize three main realities. Number one, fivefold ministry. An era is ending of the pastor does it all church mentality. You will see fivefold leadership teams emerge around the globe who will work together to share the pulpit, discipleship, and more. This healthy biblical model will stop all burnout, immorality, and suicide that overtakes ministers as a result of building man-made kingdoms that do not reflect the nature of the Trinity. The only king who will be worshipped in the church is Jesus Christ. Celebrity Christianity is over. So that is epic, flippin' epic. (laughs) Absolutely. It's not quite your 52 points from your 80-minute prophecy, but it's up there. Yeah. So when it comes to the topics covered in this excerpt, I really wanted to press into with you today this religious spirit, the revival spirit, and the wineskins, particularly fivefold. I could actually think of nobody better than you to speak into this. So let's start with the religious spirit and the spirit of revival. So yeah. Jeremiah talked about this great war raging between the spirit of religion and the Holy Spirit. And he mentions both Matthew 23 and Acts 23. I'm just going to reiterate one of his statements. He said, The Holy Spirit was very clear to me that in 2023, many Christians who love revival and awakening are going to be attacked and put on trial by religious leaders, friends and family members like never before. God said to me that there is going to be the greatest separation in the global church that we've ever seen in history between those who want to pursue revival and the more of God and those who love going through religious motions, yet their hearts are far from the Lord. Hypocrisy is a key word for 2023. My guy is not mincing words. (laughs) So as someone called to lead a move of God across the earth, have you experienced this separation as you pursue revival and the more of God? Wow. Um, first mm-hmm. of all, th- this is a really sobering word mm-hmm. and it's something that we dare not take lightly. Yeah. I think the importance that you've emphasised, Stacey, about testing and weighing, the scriptures yes. talk about First Corinthians yes. 14, testing and weighing, evaluating in the spirit and through the filter of scripture, what, what is being said is really mm-hmm. key and important. And we value that here yeah. at NUMA. I think there is a lot of alignment to what Jeremiah has shared uh, from the heart of God to what is being said collectively and corporately yes. right around the body of Christ and even here at NUMA yes. as we transitioned into a new year. I also think it's really important because we tend to filter revelation through our own story and our own journey we tend to put ourselves as the central character 
in our own story and journey. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we tend to filter words through us being at the epicenter of things yep. rather than stepping outside of that and guarding our hearts against casting judgment on our other members yes. of the body of Christ, brothers and so sisters. True. And so for me, it's really critical. Even if there is the fruit of a religious spirit at work in other ministries or other leaders, is that we all assume a posture of humility and grace in the midst of this because dare we not also fall into the same thing yes. that we're accusing others yep. of. And, you know, you, you read in the scriptures where as we're journeying with people to restore them, in a spirit of gentleness mm. concerning the offense of their own sin, that we don't fall into the same trap. Yeah, yeah. And so even in responding to this today, I'm treading lightly yes. because as we point the finger, we can also be uh, hypocritical ourselves. So important. Um, I, think, I think there is significant truth to this. And it's important to articulate that even this word, is not a new reality for the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. Anyone who understands Christian history, anyone who understands where the church has been over the last 2,000 years, let alone reads the Gospels Hmm. and the letters of Paul, Mm -hmm. will know this is not a new phenomenon. This was part and parcel characteristic of Jesus' Mm -hmm. journey as well as Paul's journey. Mm -hmm. So this is not something that is a new phenomena and it's not going away anytime soon. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that stands out to me is God has highlighted to us from Ezekiel 47 about the vision of Ezekiel of the river that was issuing forth Mm -hmm. from the temple of Jerusalem, representing the presence of God and the water levels going from the ankles to the knees to the waist, etc. And it's interesting to note as you go back and read that vision that Whilst there was, yes, a river of God's spirit coming from the temple, there was also swamps and marshes Mm -hmm. that were in the proximity of the river. And so where the river of living water is not flowing, you will tend to have stale, dead Mm -hmm. swamps Mm -hmm. and marshes because one, there's no outlet and two, there is no room for movement Mm -hmm. of the work of the spirit and Mm -hmm. freedom of the spirit to flow. And so I think one of the applications that the Lord is showing us prophetically in this hour is that there is a great divide that's taking place between what I call river churches and swamp churches. The church of Jesus Christ is carte blanche, full stop, beautiful. We love it. It's the bride of Christ. But it doesn't mean that everything that the church is doing, God is in. Mm -hmm. One of the things that God highlighted to me before this great outpouring in our church, and he in fact said those words, much of what my church is doing, I'm not even in. I will only go where I'm hungered for, sought after and sacrificed for. Wow. And so just because we have the name church or just because someone's ordained or just because someone even calls themselves prophetic or apostolic or whatever it may be, doesn't actually mean we're all keeping in step with the Spirit of God. Mm -hmm. The Apostle Paul says, if we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And so what happens is wherever the, the river of living water flows and wherever there is a freedom and a liberty of the Spirit, the enemy has to counter that and he puts a countermeasure in place Mm -hmm. by in fact attacking the move of the Spirit to try and undermine it, restrict it and control it from um, uh, achieving God's intended outcome in the lives of people and in the life of the church. Mm -hmm. And so I think at the moment there is this great contrast that's starting to take place between the move of God and churches that are hungry for the Mm -hmm. things of the spirit Mm -hmm. and churches that are more self-satisfied and geared around consumerism. Mm. This is why you never ask a self-satisfied person or believer, what on earth is God doing right now on the earth? Because everything in the kingdom of God can only be received through childlike faith and hunger. And someone who is self-satisfied and has worked it all out, what God's doing will often give us a distorted view on really what is taking place. Mm. But those that are hungry and childlike 
and that are journeying in the things of the Spirit with a posture of humility and grace often become the recipients of fresh revelation of what God is doing, what is taking place. Have I received, to answer your question in a roundabout way, (laughs) have I received opposition, resistance towards the working of the Spirit in my life and ministry? Yep, absolutely, for 44 years of my life. And particularly over the last 23 years, whenever there has been a new move of the Spirit of God in my life, in my ministry, there's been mockery, there's been loaded questions, there's Mm. been all sorts of accusation and criticism. Part of it's because people don't understand. Yeah, yeah. Part of it is because people are threatened. Yes. And part of it is because the enemy has to attack the work of the Spirit. Yes, so true. couple of things I want to pick up that you said there. Firstly, we talked about restoring in a spirit of gentleness, which is Galatians 8. I actually think that Galatians is a very important letter for the church right now, and particularly when it comes to a prophetic word like this, because the role of a prophet and the prophetic is to point people back to God and back to his word, not to point the finger of accusation in people's face. So when it comes to a strong word like this, which is what you've been saying, we need to be very careful that we don't take on a religious spirit ourselves and say, yes, they really need to hear that, or we become what we are discerning could be an issue within God's church right now. And so it is really important that we cover off on that. Yeah. You know, this word hypocrisy is a word that Jesus actually used several times in the gospel. And you and I know that it literally means in the culture of the time to be an actor or to put a mask on and to be in character. And Jesus used this word in Matthew 6 when he was speaking about praying, giving, fasting, and how the Pharisees were approaching their relationship with him. How do I get the maximum audience? How does everybody know what a good follower of Jesus I am? Why do you think this reference to hypocrisy in the prophecy, what do you think it's referring to at this point in time? One of the challenges of any religious or faith environment is relating to God from an orphan spirit and not from sonship. Mm -hmm. And an orphan spirit does not have a revelation of the father heart of God. Mm -hmm. And therefore will tend to operate um, out of a performance orientation Mm. to try and earn approval or to, out of insecurity, to try and prove one's worth and value. And all of us, to some extent, have got to wrestle with this orphan spirit. Mm -hmm. And this is why coming into a revelation of the Father heart of God is so critical. Mm I remember one Father's Day years ago as great friend and prophet Dave McCracken was ministering on the Father Heart of God, I realized that I never in my prayer life related to God as Father. I related to God through the the person of Jesus and the Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit, but not as Father. And I realized it was a missing piece, not just in my theology, but in my intimacy, in my experience and my Mm -hmm. relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And as the revelation of the Father and the Father's love and the Father's embrace became a reality in my heart, it began to change the way I do ministry. Mm -hmm. When you are bound by an orphan spirit and you're caught in a performance orientation, you actually don't even realize you are. Mm -hmm. And so everything becomes a performance. And one of the things the Lord said to me recently is that ministry by formula is dead. (laughs) when you're bound with an orphan spirit or you're bound in performance orientation, you can tend to plug in to the formula. Mm-hmm. You know, one plus one equals two. If mm-hmm. I do this and I do that, it'll produce this outcome. Mm-hmm. If I approach ministry this way, if I say this, and, and, and we all seem to, over time, you can become a professionalized minister of the gospel mm-hmm. in whatever call or gift or grace you have. And you can plug and play and you know sort of what works. Mm-hmm. That's not ministry mm. and that's not going to cut it. Mm-hmm. Ministry is sharing your history with God. Yeah. Ministry is not reading a book, getting some notes and then regurgitating that. Mm-hmm. Ministry isn't watching a YouTube message or, or hearing a podcast as good as that is and regurgitating that. It's actually 
going on a personal journey with God where he transforms you into his likeness Mm -hmm. and he scripts on your heart and downloads into your heart who he is and his character, his nature, his word, his truth to the point that you are transformed in the process and out of that history, out of that place of transformation, you then share with others what God has done in you and what he's doing through you and you minister to others. Ministry isn't anything else other than that. Mm -hmm. It looks like a lot of different things, but the source is the person of Jesus. Apart from him, we can do nothing. And if we're trying to do ministry apart from him, we, we have to embrace this alter ego. We have to embrace this Hippocratic sort of performance mm. that we become something in one space, but we're, we're compartmentalized and incongruent in our spirit and in our integrity of our office. And so we, we can easily point the finger towards others yeah. Because we're judging ourselves by our intentions and we're in judging others by their actions. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's so important that we really allow the word to become a mirror mm-hmm. to our hearts. Mm-hmm. And we look into the word and we allow the Holy Spirit as we're reading and studying the word, as we're looking at Jesus, to allow him to highlight by his spirit some key things that we ha- may have embraced or living out of an mm-hmm. orphan spirit. Mm-hmm. We've embraced a performance orientation. Mm-hmm. We're trying to minister with ourselves in mind rather than <laughs> a God consciousness mm-hmm. in mind or others in mind. Mm-hmm. I tell preachers and prophets, etc., fivefold ministry gifts. Ministry begins the moment you forget yourself. Yeah. If you're ministering with you in mind, you're ministering out of a performance orientation. Mm-hmm. And so that that is really critical for us to come back to what's the source of my motivation for why I'm doing what I'm doing? What's mm. the source of this ministry? And if it's anything other than intimacy with Jesus, we could be ministering out of a really unhealthy place. That's so good. And I think one of the things that the Lord's been doing in me in the previous 12 months is he really began to address a word to me, a spirit last year that I was like, what even is that? Yeah. He's like, Stacy, we need to talk about a spirit of showmanship. Wow. And I was like, okay, what's the spirit of showmanship? Like, I love the greatest showman, but I ain't putting myself in that category. I'm a worship leader. And he's like, no, we need to address it. And as I unpacked this with the Holy Spirit, what I realized was that as a worship leader, I had become more mindful. It started as service. It got distorted to becoming thinking more about people than thinking about ministering to the Lord. Yeah. And I'm a person who I'm raw, I'm passionate, I'm intense. Yeah. But I had packaged that up and it doesn't matter what else affected that. I'm just talking about where I ended up. Yeah. I packaged it up to be palatable and professional to people and it got me on the roster more. Right. And it's a spirit of showmanship. Yeah. And he had to break that down. And then I went on this journey with the Holy Spirit of, but I love the Lord with all my heart. How am I living this dual thing? Yeah. And he <clears throat> began to teach me of you're new in your spirit, Stacy, but there's still parts of orphan in your soul realm, in yep. your mind, your wow. will, and wow. your emotions. And the world will teach you to live with body at the top soul in the middle and spirit at the bottom. But the kingdom is spirit first, then soul, then body. And he has been teaching me and is still teaching me. You can love the Lord with all your heart and have hypocrisy because there's still healing to be done in your soul realm. That's brilliant. Isn't that? So good. And I think you just sharing that is one of the essential solutions, keys and strategies that is necessary to be able to break free of an orphan spirit performance orientation and an approach to ministry and life that's hypocritical because you got to be able to call it for what it is. Yeah. You 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 got to be able to be honest enough with your own heart and with God mm. and with each other. Mm. And this is one of the things in our context here at Numa we call each other out on stuff. Yeah. In a really loving, honorable way. It's like, hey, we reflect to each other Do you realize how that sounds or how that's coming across? The other thing is God is so loving and kind that he also knows 
what he needs to speak to at any given time mm-hmm. and he doesn't beat us up and punish us. Mm-hmm. There is no fear in love mm-hmm. because fear has to do with punishment. Mm-hmm. Um, but what he does is he's, he speaks to us in a way that he invites us on this journey to come clean on stuff. Mm-hmm. And as you've just modelled that mm-hmm. for all of us listening to this, if we all can embrace that and begin to um, authentically come clean on some stuff, we can get well and whole a lot quicker so that we can avoid some of these pitfalls that I believe is so insightful that God is sharing through Jeremiah's word. Yeah, it's so good. And there's been times where you've said to me lovingly because we have a safe relationship, yep. Stace, there's still some performance in some of that stuff. Yep. And even when the Lord's speaking to me about it, I don't feel condemnation at all. I have no issue sharing that because he was so loving and you were so loving. We're in these fathers, mothers, family relationship. And I'm like, yeah, that's there. Let's get rid of it and let's run. Yep. So good. So the prophecy went on to talk about an essential component of revival being prayer. And he used a phrase actually that you've used too. I loved this. The call to the wall. That was a profound message you preached last year. So Jeremiah said, there's a call to the wall in 2023. I'm gathering my people who will partner with me in great prayer and fasting for their cities and regions. You must lift up your eyes beyond the needs of the local assembly and recognize I'm bringing unity and agreement among many churches and ministries in geographic locations for such time as this. Where the spirit of revival is burning, you will see partnerships and alignments among many. But where the spirit of religion is dwelling, you will see division and spiritual darkness. I'd love it if you could talk a little bit more about this call to the wall and what you believe the Lord is requiring of us in this season. Really good. Um, The Lord put upon my heart Isaiah 62, and I preached the first 12 verses of that. I Mm -hmm. think it's a whole chapter. And in particular in verse 6, it talks about um, that God was going to put watchmen on the wall. And watchmen is a picture of an intercessor. It's a prophetic role. It's a prayerful role. And in that passage, it talks about give God no rest until he fulfills his promises to his people. One of the primary responsibilities of, of any believer is in their relationship with God is the medium of communication. Mm-hmm. Prayer is not the goal. God is the goal. Mm. Jesus is the mm. goal. But prayer is the tool mm. and prayer is the medium that mm. God has given to us. And it is absolutely fundamental to what it means to be a follower of Christ and a spirit-filled believer to talk to God and to hear from God. Mm. And this is why your podcast is so powerful. This is why um, this prophetic word that Jeremiah has shared with us from the Lord is so important because many believers have retreated away from their call, their responsibility to the wall of intimacy, mm-hmm. to that role of watchman. Being a watchman doesn't mean you're on constant high discerning alert <laughs> for every little thing that could go mm-hmm. wrong in the life of the church. Mm-hmm. It's talking about the posture mm-hmm of being in 24-7 intimate Mm. awareness of the presence of God Mm. in your life. How is that possible? Paul said, pray without ceasing. Mm. It's not just about being in a corporate 24-7 prayer meeting. It's about being prayer, becoming prayer, living the life of prayer where in every single moment of every day, right now I'm praying in my spirit. Mm. When I'm in a meeting, um, a, a ministry meeting, a, a leadership meeting, and I'm walking down the street, I'm in a cafe, I'm, I, I've become prayer. I'm in a posture of prayer. Mm. Prayer is the air that I breathe. Prayer, I'm in a constant dialogue with the Holy Spirit. Being called to the wall understands that I am a living prayer that is in 24-7 communication with the Spirit mm. of God. Mm-hmm. And as you grow in your hunger for God, prayer is a natural outworking yeah. Yeah. of of what it means to be in relationship with Jesus and to be hungry for God. And so there can be no revival mm. without a greater hunger for God in prayer. Mm. There can be no revival without prayer. I heard a, mm-hmm. a great quote, you know, there can be no revival if Mr. Prayer and Mrs. Repentance isn't in the pew. Mm-hmm. Prayer mm-hmm. and repentance go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And so look at any move of God, look at any revival in history, 
it's all been started by one, two, or a, or a group of people coming together to hunger for God in prayer. Yes. I think the other thing is is that this connection between ministries and hearts across the body of Christ, mm. geographic regions, is critical because we see it happening in our own ministry, mm. where hungry people find hungry mm-hmm. people, dissatisfied people find dissatisfied right. people. Whatever the theme of your heart is, you're going to be like a magnet to people who carry that theme. And so what's happening right now is that people who are hungry for a move of God, who are not insecure, not jealous, not, you know, oh, this shows up my ministry or whatever, but are like saying, we are leaning into this. We're Mm -hmm. hungry for the same thing. We want a move of God in our city and Mm -hmm. nation. They're leaning in, contacting, reaching out, turning up, flying from international uh, you know, other <laughs> nations and cities and interstate cities saying we want to fly in for one night just yeah. so that we can taste and yeah. see that God is good. Hungry people find hungry people. That's right. And so where, where God is doing an amazing work in <laughs> this hour, he's joining the dots. I call it kingdom connections. Yeah. He's connecting the dots of hungry people and hungry hearts across the earth. And, and in the process... There is a, a a beautiful sort of cross pollination of 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 um, a kingdom alignment and revival momentum yes. that is taking place because God is wanting to do such a profound, deep, and far-reaching work mm-hmm. in this hour. He needs all ministries to align to His heart, and I really believe that where people are truly discerning and hearing the voice of the Spirit. They're going to find each other. Yeah. Because that's what's happening. Yeah. And it begins. How do you discern and hear the voice of God? You get so hungry for God that you actually start to pray. <laughs> the key to prayer is not read another prayer book, mm. except Stacy's. Um, <laughs> the key to prayer is just start praying, mm. become prayer. Mm-hmm. And you will bump into revival. Yep. You, it cannot help mm-hmm. because. Prayer will always lead you into an encounter with the heart of God. I love that. Become an upper room. Yep. Be a walking upper room. It's beautiful. I read a commentator a few years ago who was talking about Paul's phrase, pray without ceasing, looking at the original language. And it actually alluded to in that language, a persistent cough. So like it wells up from within you and you can't hold the cough back, but you're meant to be so saturated and obsessed and hungry for God, that prayer comes up out Come of you on. like a cough you I can't hold back. I love it. I think that language from Paul is so clever. Or one of our friends who visited us and ministered recently, and he said, you've got no problem with your stomach grumbling and saying, I'm hungry, I need food, I'm hangry. Yep. Someone get me food. But are we that hungry for the Lord? Brilliant. Are we that hungry that we're actually articulating in prayer, I'm so hungry for you. If you don't come, we've got nothing. Yep. I love it. Don't get me started. <laughs> so finally, let's talk about the new wineskins. So there's three in the original prophecy, but I've heard you, you have such an incredible revelation on fivefold. And I've heard you preach this in different states, different cities. Every time you preach it, it is holy because it's like a truth. I watch people, it feels like what they're hearing is coming home. And it is in a way. This is the church coming yeah, wow. home to something original yeah. that's on the Lord's heart. So I want to ask you, why do you think fivefold is so important in this moment in history? It feels like it's being talked about everywhere. Absolutely. And I've never before have I seen such a groundswell of momentum around this. I think it's been staring us in the face for 2,000 years. <laughs> Jesus is the ultimate expression of fivefold ministry. Mm-hmm. All fivefold graces, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher was seen in the person and life of Jesus mm-hmm. and his ministry. And Ephesians 4 really is that foundational text that highlights to us, which by and large leadership expressions and wineskins have ignored, mm-hmm. I think, where Jesus, uh, when he ascended, he gave gifts to people, mm-hmm. both men and women. Mm-hmm. When you look at the First Corinthians 11 list of spiritual gifts, um, the, the actual functioning of that gift is the gift that God gives to an individual mm-hmm. to edify 
the body of Christ for the common good. The Ephesians 4 fivefold office of Christ, the people are the gifts mm. that are given to the church. Mm-hmm. And so we are to give honor where honor is due and we are to recognize the fruit and the different uh, manifestations and expressions of the various graces and gifts. I think one of the reasons why it's this message is being heightened is for a couple of reasons. One is because we have not yet attained to the full maturity mm-hmm. of full measure and stature of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And there is a groaning in the spirit mm-hmm. and a yearning in the spirit and in the hearts mm. of, of believers and followers of Jesus in the body of Christ to answer the cry of God's heart. And that is that his body, his people would grow into the full measure and stature of Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think as we go further and further into the last days and there is a quickening of the times and seasons mm-hmm. at hand, God needs his church to develop and grow in the unity of the faith mm-hmm. and the full maturity and measure of Christ quickly. Yes. And so in order to do that, you have to have all five graces coming together as God's Marvel Avengers, mm. um, equipping and empowering the church and the saints, not just for the task and for the work of ministry, mm-hmm. but to give full expression to the person of Jesus mm-hmm. in the world. We are incomplete by design. Mm-hmm. And for too long, we have tried to be all things to all people. Mm -hmm. We have celebrated the superstar leader, the Mm -hmm. superstar preacher, the superstar celebrity (laughs) who who is the answer to all things. And it is a misnomer. And anyone who's read God's generals, anyone Mm -hmm. who's followed the great uh, men and women of God throughout history, the heroes of the faith, we love them, we honor them and we celebrate mm-hmm. them. We're inspired mm-hmm. by them. We marvel at how God used yeah. Smith Wigglesworth. We marvel at Amy Semple McPherson mm. and Catherine Coleman. Praise God for their lives. But even they are incomplete. Yeah. None of us can do this on our own. It was well back in the beginning. God said, it's not good for man to be alone. Yeah. And so if that's true in the normal course of life, how much true in the life of the church. Yeah. For too long, we've expected the senior pastor or the point leader of a ministry to be all things to all people. Yep. That has resulted in burnout. That's resulted in moral failure. That's resulted in people not fulfilling their calling, their purpose and their destiny. Yeah. And the Lord really is wanting us to get our attention about this. Fivefold isn't foolproof. Mm. Fivefold has its challenges. Mm-hmm. Fivefold requires incredible humility. Mm-hmm. It requires an absolute deferring to others' grace. Mm-hmm. But there is also incredible power, synergy, and and momentum that can open heaven as the fivefold graces come together and honor each other's gift mm-hmm. because honor affirms value. Honor each other's grace. Mm-hmm. Honor each other's gift, and recognize. I am not the fountain of revelation for all things Numa Church. Mm-hmm. That is why in our meetings, in our conversations, I'll say, Stace is our prophet. What's the Lord saying to you? What are you seeing? What are you saying? I have revelation. You have revelation. Our fivefold team has insight and revelation, but we know in part and we mm. prophesy mm-hmm. in part. All of us have a part. Mm-hmm. But if we bring our part to play together and lay it all out on the table, in grace and humility, it's amazing. We'll get that collective counsel of the Lord mm-hmm. about particular decisions and matters. For too long, we've flown in an evangelist. We've flown <laughs> in a prophet. We've mm-hmm. flown in a guest ministry mm-hmm. thinking that they're going to add that grace to the house uh, you know, permanently. Mm. And it's just not true. Yes, That grace will come for that weekend but we'll go. Mm-hmm. What if God's intention for the fivefold was not simply a visitation, but a habitation mm-hmm. that uh, that there would be a permanent fixture mm-hmm. in the life of that church, an expression of the kingdom through that fivefold grace in every single local church on the planet. Yep. And it isn't just one bishop or one pastor mm-hmm. or, or a group of elders but actually it's the fivefold ministry graces coming together along with the partnership of a group like the elders and other leadership gifts. Mm-hmm. A misnomer is a lot of people look at the Romans 12 leadership gift and think mm-hmm. that applies to all of the leadership expression. 
of ministry in the life of the church. It's just not true. Mm. A Romans 12 leadership gift is different to a fivefold apostolic mm-hmm. graced call upon someone's life. Mm-hmm. It will be self-evident that that apostle will have a leadership grace, mm-hmm. but not everyone who's got a leadership gift is a, an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Mm-hmm. And, and for too long we've ignored Ephesians 4, as a back-of-house guiding constitution for how church should embrace a front-of-house Acts 2 church. Mm -hmm. We've ignored Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. We don't understand it. We haven't studied it. And even if we have, we haven't brought those fivefold graces together. And so one of the beautiful things that we're seeing here at Numa and beyond is the wonderful expression of that five oils coming together, mixing together, working together in unity and in faith. Yes, acknowledging we all look at things very differently. And yet, as we learn to appreciate and honor the differences and yet the similarities and alignment, what comes out on the other side is breathtaking. Yes, I firmly believe, and I know you do too, we would not be seeing the move of God as Mm -hmm. we are now if it wasn't for the fivefold coming together to really in that heart of prayer, in that spirit of prayer, create that sense of open heaven for God to come and his presence to manifest among us. It just wouldn't be here. Yes. And wherever you see revival break out, wherever you see the church advancing, there will be the fingerprints. There will be the the markings of fivefold influence. Mm-hmm. Some of it will be present. Others will be grafted in or flown in but i'm really contending for a new expression of leadership in the body of christ not because it's a new trendy idea but because it's the original blueprint pattern that has been there all along. that's right it's so true and it's powerful what you're sharing because once we've put that wineskin in place the lord's wineskin he's poured out new wine and it's yep. been magnificent and we actually have here at new a fivefold day later in the year a fivefold summit yep and we're going to link that in the show notes so that people can get some more information Brilliant. about that but if you do want to learn more about the fivefold you'd be so welcome to come and join us here at numa for that i just want to take a moment to honor you corey because you are so humble and the way you lead by fivefold with men and women around the table is rare. It's once in a lifetime. What you are leading is world changing. And we fully believe as your team and as your friends that you are going to lead a move of God across the nations and across the earth. And I am so grateful for you, Corey. So grateful for you. And I honor you and what you're doing for the body of Christ and thank you for coming on the podcast today. Stacey, I really appreciate your kind words. None of us, <laughs> I, I certainly don't deserve anything, but I just count it a privilege to be called by God, to be used by God, to play a small part in what he's doing in the earth. One of the things I believe this new move of God will be about is nameless and faceless mm. where Jesus gets all the glory. Yeah. And if there's anything that mm. stirs my heart and moves me to a a place of emotion it's that jesus gets his full reward Mm. and jesus gets all the glory Mm -hmm. and one of the greatest blessings and privileges is doing life in a team with Mm. friends Mm. you know here at numa with you stace and, and and your husband jai and our team my wife simone and all of our team when we're not just work colleagues, mm. we're actually family. Yeah. And not every team or church can say that. No. And that's sad. But one of the things that I've learned so much, both in the scriptures and in our journey and through wonderful examples like Bethel, mm. is that revival is best sustained in the context of family relationships. Mm. And family is built through honour. And so, Stace, I really, you know, honour you. I appreciate your words. And and I pray that this conversation today and even the way that this podcast has has taken place will become an inspiration and example to others to imbibe of that and to reproduce that in their own local context. And Mm. so I love you, mate. Honour you. Thank you so much. Awesome. Would you mind praying for our listeners before we finish up? Absolutely. Father, we just thank you so much Mm. for your kindness, your goodness. 
we love you, we honour you, we thank you for the person of Jesus, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm asking right now in the name of Jesus, wherever a person is listening to this podcast, that God, you would grip them right now with the words that have been shared. You would shape their thinking, renew their minds, and transform all of our hearts mm-hmm. into greater expressions of Christ-likeness. We need you, God, yes. at the center of our lives. Lord, be be the center of your church again. Yes. Let your church not simply mm-hmm. be a group of people coming together to perform a bunch mm-hmm. of religious activity. Mm-hmm. But I'm praying, oh God, that both through this podcast and in this great move of the Spirit that Mm -hmm. you're all calling us into, that we would see revival sweep our hearts, Mm -hmm. our churches, our cities, our nations, and God, that we would see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I pray blessing over Stacy. this podcast. Mm -hmm. I pray blessing over every pastor, leader, and ministry gift that is receiving of this Mm -hmm. ministry. I pray blessing and favor Mm. over, oh God, your church in this hour. I pray that the words of this prophecy not only would grip our hearts, but would materialize from Mm -hmm. the invisible realm Mm -hmm. into the visible realm, that we would heed its warnings, but we would also, oh God, respond in faith to the wonderful opportunities Mm -hmm. and callings that is being presented to us in Mm -hmm. this hour. And Father, we want to see your full reward. We want to see mm. the, the glory of Jesus uh, increase, O oh God, in the earth. And so we say, God, come Holy Spirit, come and bring revival. Let a tsunami of souls be saved, of lives be changed. Yes, and let your kingdom be extended through our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, beautiful people, that was a good episode. You're going to need to listen more than once for sure. And I also know you're going to want to hear more from Pastor Corey Turner. And so we're going to link in our show notes where you can get some of his messages on our NUMA YouTube channel. You will not want to miss them. Next week, we are going to focus on the seven mountains, healthy marriage and family, as outlined in this prophetic word by Jeremiah Johnson. Again, you can find a link to this full prophecy in today's show notes. And I know that you are going to really enjoy this next few weeks. It's so good to have you back. And I'm going to talk to you really, really soon. 